Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. In this episode, we have our sermon from this past Sunday, January 2nd, a sermon written and presented by one of our laymen, Mr. Step Guggins. The audio is a little rough at the beginning, but then it gets better. Here goes. Our text for this morning is a meditation, is the epistle uh, lesson, Galatians 4, beginning in verse 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, an heir. Grace, mercy, and forgiveness of sins of yours. They are gifts to you from God the Father. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of Christ Jesus, dearly beloved of His, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This lovely little selection from St. Paul is just chock full of all its saving consequences for us. He alerts us that from eternity, God had fixed an appointed time. Paul characterizes this fullness as the fullness of time. We may allow that the time was made full because of the fullness of whom was sent. God sent forth his only begotten son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who are under the law. Here you have set before you the whole miracle of the incarnation. The Son of God, his two natures, the divine and human natures, his divine nature, which he had of his Father from all eternity, his human nature, which he had received from his mother Mary, the Virgin, Now, these two biblical truths, the divine and human nature, united in the one undivided person of the Son of God, in these we have enough to ponder and adore our whole life long. Paul rejoices to tell us elsewhere that Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, things both in heaven and on earth, things visible, things invisible. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross. St. John puts it this way. The Word became flesh and pitched his tent among us, full of grace and truth. And of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. There you have it, beloved. 
the holy nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. But it is useful for us to take note that Christmas, at least the first Christmas, or we may say even to generalize a bit, biblical Christmas, is all the Lord's doing. Even if we allow for the obvious and faithful inclusion of Mary, it is the Lord who has shown her his favor among women and given her to be the mother of very God himself, her son, yet her savior, and her Lord. It is all his doing. And because it is all his doing, we are certain and safe to trust him. This is, however, a point of contrast to our Christmases, isn't it? Our Christmases quickly get filled up with all our doings, our busyness, our plannings, our decorating, our cooking, our gift giving, and possibly even receiving socks from one's grandmother. Many of these things are quite normal, some perhaps questionable, but it is just culturally the way we do it. The Lord's Christmas, his biblical Christmas, is not filled with our doing at all. It is all his gift, all his doing, all his giving. And as a gift, this characterizes the use that he enlisted his two natures to serve as for the rest of his life and in his holy ministry of salvation. His being born under the law in order to redeem those under the law. In chapter 3 of Galatians, Paul refers to this act of vicarious atonement, that is, his suffering and death on the cross for the sin of the whole world, as Christ having undergone the curse of the whole law for our sake. This too is Christ's gift, all his doing, all his giving. St. Paul characterizes this in 1 Timothy with these words. It is a trustworthy saying, worthy of full acceptance, that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost of all. And let me be quick to add, so am I. The saving of sinners then is the whole purpose of Christmas. St. Matthew tips us off when the angel in Joseph's dream gave him the name and the reason for the name of the child in Mary's womb. You shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. So then, Christmas foresees Good Friday and the cross. It foresees his resurrection. 
It also foresees his ascension, his session at the right hand of the Father, and the sending of the Holy Spirit. They belong together. They may be adored separately, but they mayn't become unstuck. That is just not the way our Lord has given them. St. Paul told us in this lesson, our Lord was sent forth that he might redeem us from the curse of the law that we might receive adoption as sons. We receive adoption as sons by holy baptism and faith. Faith in this word of salvation which the Christmas Christ has given us and continues to give us. And now, because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, who cries, Abba, Father. We might render this in American English as Dad, Dad, Dad. He cries out in order to give us comfort and support and consolation in our times of trial or need or weakness. Through Christ, God has become our Father and we are his true children so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children, ask their dear Father as our catechism rightly teaches us. St. John in his first epistle says it this way. See how great a love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God? And that, in fact, is what we are. So then, Christmas and all its consequences gives to repentant sinners and those of the household of faith full rights as children of God, the adoption as sons. You are all sons. It doesn't matter what gender you are. You have full rights of adoption. St. John expresses it this way. The true light which enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. But the world knew him not. He came unto his own. His own received him not. But to as many as received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the full rights to become children of God. Children who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. A truly great and mighty wonder, a full and holy cure. Now, because all this is entirely the Lord's doing, it is certain 
It is as certain as God is certain. As certain as Christ was born in Bethlehem, as certain as he died and rose for you, as certain as his name was given us with the water and holy baptism. It is by grace alone, through faith alone, for Christ's sake alone. carry, ponder, and rejoice for all eternity. Christ has regained permanent access to Eden's garden. He, in him, we are restored to be sons of the living God. Here we may walk again with our heavenly Father. Here we may rejoice again in his beloved Son, our Emmanuel. Here we may delight in the love and gift of the Holy Spirit. The Father has given us all creation. The Son has given us all his saving works. The Holy Spirit has given us all his gifts. Here we may worship and adore the presence of the living God, who himself carried us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. He sent him forth and cradled him in the mangers of your hearts. It was not to some 700 trillion billion other souls that God sent forth his son this Christmas. He sent him forth for you, just for you. Merry Christmas. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds and through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.